0: Amen. Uh, we could, you know, we could, we could repeat that song and really never be done, right? Um, the worthiness, the worthiness of God, His glory, I mean, we, we could just, we could acknowledge it over and over and over and over again, and He, we would never acknowledge it enough to match the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. Um, it is, uh, it is school time. Uh, parents are smiling, children are frowning, uh, we, I've got to take my kids, well actually I've, I've got two that have pleaded their way out of it, we're going to open house this afternoon, um, you know, so that's, that's when you go back and, and you see like, you know, all your kids' friends and how they've grown too and you kind of realize how much yours have grown. Um, I've got one that's graduating this year. Just pushing it back, just ignoring it right now for this this morning. It's just too real. The emotions are too raw right now, so I got to push that back a little bit. But um, th- this is this is going to be an exciting year. Our students are able to go back. Uh, they're going to be in classrooms. So many of them. We're very excited for them on that. Um, and I do want to say this. And I, I I know, man. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's been some things that have. Um, we, we have allowed, as people, not even just Christians or non-Christians, we've allowed some things to be very divisive. Um, but just as Christians, if we could, man, there are, um, there are administrators right now having to make really difficult decisions. And, and man, I mean, to, if G, we, we agree that Jesus is our message, right? Right? So if Jesus is our message, there, are, there may be at times um, hills that we die on. Like I mean, there are times where if it's, if it's gospel-driven, Man, we want to put ourselves out in the forefront. But, man, let, as families, let's be real careful right now how we talk about administration and decisions because, um, man, our, man, our kids' ears are peaked, right? Like, especially in the homes. So let's be real cautious because the uh, Bible doesn't really give us open doors to just be disrespectful. If we need to have conversations, if we feel strongly in certain ways, they'll be healthy um, spirit-led avenues that we can do those things, but let's just really be cautious as we're making disciples in our homes and, and doing all that stuff, because regardless of how we feel, um, there if you search, there'll be enough data to, to feel confident that you're right, no matter how you come down on the issue. Um, so let's really put some energy in just how we have gospel-driven conversations as as as, as adults, especially as leaders in our homes. Um, but if we could do this, so I mentioned there is, if you're a teacher, if you're staff at a school, um, whether you're teaching virtually or you're in a classroom, no matter what you're doing, we have a gift. Um, if you're counseling, if you're um, a curriculum facilitator, wh- whatever you're doing, um, we have a gift that we want to share with you today. Now, if we're off in our number, um, if, if we if we could, if we're off in our number, um, we'll, we'll catch up and, and we'll get more of those. Uh, but best count this week uh, we we counted about 16 staff members that we were confident that we knew that attend here um, that that are going and having a home um, at a school. So um, we we hope that we're we're pretty accurate on that. We're off. We're just celebrating because that's just more people um, that we get to be a part of their lives and, and be connected with. So um, if, if you don't mind, I want to I um, just have some time of prayer. So first of all. Uh, Because we do believe this is such a great missional force that we have that goes out of our church family in in many different directions. And God could use in great ways. And I know teachers have no problem standing up in front of kids but don't like dealing with adults. So um, you don't have to talk to anybody. You don't even have to move far. Okay? But if you would, and people are going to join you in just a minute. um, If you would, if if you're staff at a school, if you wouldn't mind, just stand up for us just for a minute. Just Uh, just it it won't be long it won't you won't feel the sting it won't hurt can we just give them a round of applause please um now if if you if you represent if you have kids that are getting ready to start back to school would you also stand up with this with this team of people you've got kids that are getting ready to go back to school if you'll stand up as well and that that's I, and I'm saying school. I mean, that can be anything from, like, elementary to just, like, the school of hard knocks. I, I, I don't even care what it is, right? Uh, um, just, just wherever that is. Now, if you are a student here and you're getting ready to begin back in school, if you also would just please stand with us um, at this time, that would be much appreciated. Um, so if you're, not, if you're not standing, if you would please do this, um, just in joining with us in prayer, just because um, we really want God to just have his hand on everything um, that's going to be moving forward for this year and, and to bless the ministry and mission of of staff, um, to, to be with families for the schedule, just bombardment that they're getting ready to get, and also for students that they, in their friend circles, are as missional as they've ever been and more so. If you wouldn't mind, stand up with us as well as we just really commit um, to the Lord this morning, just what's ahead of us for the next series of months. Let's pray. Father God, we are just so grateful, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Lord, thank you that the gospel of Jesus Christ that says while we are unworthy, we can, we can be found justified through, that, through the work and the death and the life, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Lord, finding ourselves in your family, we are gifted by the Holy Spirit. We are called by you to, to use gifts that we have intentionally um, and strategically for the kingdom of God, for the furtherance of the gospel. Lord, I pray first for just the commissioning for this year of of the staff that will be going in and being part of schools. Lord, um, what, no matter how we see ourselves, Lord, this is a missionary force that's going to be part of of so many lives. And and God, it's not just being part of lives for a season. They're investing on a level that's generational. That this is going to grow in the kingdom as these students grow, as these families age and go through different moments of life. So, Lord, give them grace. Give them Um, patience Lord give them time give them energy give them um, quietness of thought so as they see lives in front of them they'll be able to um, see that person that is the mission and Lord they'll see Jesus as their message and they'll be able to God in an intentional way whether it's an adult or student or family Lord just pour gospel grace into their life Lord we pray that we we lift them up weekly as they go out and for many of them that will be starting their their they're in class time this week with students, and, and many will be starting next week, and some have already begun. Lord, we, we pray right now for the ones here, for the ones in our next service, for the ones at home, um, wherever they are, God, that you, you help them in the ways that only you can. God, for the students that are in here, we pray that this year they will be around friends and they will be around people. God, as they grow in their culture, Lord, that they will be surrounded by the right friends, that God, I encourage them towards Jesus and, and, a, and a faithful walk with him. But, Lord, you'll also put them in front of people where they can share their faith in a very practical, regular way that shows hope to someone else that is their age. God, for the, for the issues of life that they'll have, and they're, they're vastly different from youngest to oldest, God, we realize that, that in the season that they're in, you have something amazing for them. And, Lord, it's going to be found in a deeper walk with Jesus and, and, and deeper walks with, with Christian brothers and sisters and, and, and influence in front of the lost. So, God, build them up and use them and equip them and draw them close to you. Lord, for the, for the families that, that are sending students off for, for hours a day um, for, or leaving them at home if they're learning virtually, Lord, for the parents and especially in the room that are listening, God, we pray that we will have um, the, the grace and the, and the foresight and the discernment to not be busy parents um, that just keep schedules, but we will invest deeply this year intentionally in the lives of our kids so lord that we will know them better and lord through our own walk with you as it deepens lord we will show them and reflect something to them in a way that they can remember in the way that they can model in a way that we can find ourselves faithful that we've made disciples in the name of jesus we pray amen amen if you'll have a seat um, this morning we're going to be, uh, we're in our series on Acts. We're going to be in chapter um, 18 of the book of Acts for only two verses and then we're just, we're, we're jumping rails and we're going to be um, predominantly after that really just in the, mainly in the book of Matthew uh, because there's something that, that, I, that I see um, that I believe the Lord's really got for us this morning that, that emerges out of the middle of this chapter. And and so before I jump into that, I want to kind of I want to kind of rewind just a touch because the last two weeks, if you haven't caught them, Acts 16 and 17, Paul is on what most people refer to as his second missionary journey, and it irritates the fire out of me that we call this his second missionary journey. I really believe it ought to be third because um, for whatever reason, like as people organize this book and they translate it through, they kind of ignore what I feel like is the greatest season. Of missions that Paul ever lived, which was the, the 10 to 12 years that he just lived in culture day in and day out and learned how to just share his faith with all kinds of different people. And he was just faithful in that. And he was growing in that. And, and there was effect in that. And we see it as the church spread outside of these missionary journeys. So I, I, I like to call this the third, um, but, but most of your Bibles will probably organize this as the second missionary journey. But in this one, um, the drama was real. Um, And it wasn't just drama. It was full-blown conflict. When when Paul would go into a city um, in in this missionary journey, he found himself in in prison, in jail. He found himself beaten, um, major threats against his life. He was, was, by people who responded to the gospel who just loved him, man, they they just took him. They, they didn't say, hey, Paul, you know, you want to kind of chill for a couple of days? Maybe we can, you know, kind of relax, barbecue a couple of times, and then maybe, you know, two, three days from now, we'll just kind of get you off in a little bit better environment. No, it was, we got to move him now before he dies. And he would go in, and there would be a response. And remember, we talked about this a little bit last week. The, the, the early church was totally content that God was doing their his work They had their part to play in it, but when it came to results, when it came to who responded to the gospel and who didn't, I mean, they trusted the Lord so much that they could work passionately and they could could have people as their mission, but at the end of the day, they were able to sleep at night. They were able to move on to a new work when God moved them because they just really believed that that the power of God is real and it works the way that God says that it works. But Paul was constantly rushed and rushed and rushed, and, and people that should have logically just heard his message, taken it in, processed through what they already knew, and responded. People that, that really should have said, man, you, you mean a free gift of grace? Like, I don't have to be somebody before I become part of the family? You, it would seem like people would have just come in thousands and thousands and thousands and said, yes, I will follow this Jesus. But man, it was anger. and And people didn't just... They weren't just even mad. Last week, remember we looked at that last week. They didn't just get mad at Paul and kind of wave at him as he left, like satisfied that Paul just kind of looked like maybe he gave up. But they they packed up. A few of them would because they were just extra bitter. You know the extra bitter people. You know who they are. You like you see them coming. You're like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Um. So so they just packed like they like they got they threw some stuff in a duffel bag and they went and they they pursued him to the next town and it just got worse for him there. It was going well and it got worse just because of those people's bitterness. Crazy. Well, in, in chapter eighteen, it starts, and there's something that Paul does. I'm not going to read the scripture. I'm just going to tell you what he does. Um, so, there's something that Paul does, and this was a cultural thing that was common to them. In fact, Jesus suggested that people did it. It was a um, you ever do something that's just kind of a um, it's a routine practice that the practice itself is not really significant, but um, uh, but but it means something deeply to you. I mean, when I was in high school. Um, freshman year, um, I, I made the basketball team, and by that I meant I was really active in practice. And then I took a break in games because I was unselfish. I wanted other people to get time. Um, but but before we went out, they had this they had this believe plaque above the locker room door. Um, I went to Eastern Guilford High School, not the not the one now, but the old one that that that, that went to the ground. Um, and and it was like and it was crude. It was like something that somebody got a C minus on in like Woodshop. But, but it said, like, school colors painted, and it said believe. And, and the coach was adamant. He was like, you know, you have to believe that you're going to succeed. You've got to believe that you're going to play as a team. You've got to believe that you're going to win. He said so everybody, he, and he would, I mean, he would stand there and watch you. And if you did not touch that on your way out, um, number one, you, you, had, you had two miles you had to run before you got in the game. So like he wouldn't even put you in the game if he caught you doing it. You had two miles you had to do before you got playing time again. And, and, and life was just hard on you after that. So, so nobody would not hit it whether you believed it. But, but every I mean he would give you the same speech, believe you're going to win, believe you're going to play together, believe you're going to give it your all, believe that you're a team. And everybody's like saying some of it as they hit it. And I'm just like, every time I hit it, I'm just like, I believe one day I'm going to see the court. I believe, I believe. And, and, and we did that, and, and if anybody else saw us doing it, they're like, what good is that doing? Like you win some, you lose some. But when you hit that plaque, it meant something to the people that were on the team. Well, so the Jews, a group of people that Paul identified with, because that's, that's that's his background. Many of them would hear, and ironically, this is the group of people that if you're talking about what you already know matching what you're hearing as a continuation of the story, like this is the group that it should have matched with. But remember, they're they're very diluted in a sinful interpretation of, of their faith and religion. So, so they would reject, and, it, and it, you can tell that it frustrated Paul because Paul did what, what Jesus instructed and was, was a custom and practice. He took off his coat, and you can read the words in, in your Bible in the first part of chapter 18, and you can just see it in your mind, the way the words come across, that, that he just shook the dirt off his coat. And you can just see him. Maybe he got rushed away over the last few visits, but it's starting to, the conflict's starting to get old. It's really starting to get old. And he this time takes the coat off and he is just snapping it, I think. I really believe he's just snapping it and watching the dust fly off to the point where when he doesn't see particles still on his coat, when he snaps it, he then puts it back on and says, okay, I've got to catch my breath because I can't stop. I've got to go into this, this, this other group of people called the Gentiles, people that didn't grow up with, with the Jewish faith. And I need to to bring the message of Jesus to them. And as you see him snapping off the coat, you see just the conflict he's getting on, And and in this city, we're in Corinth now. I mean, these are are some major churches being planted through this time. And and there's a couple of verses in chapter 18. These are going to be on the screen. Verses 8, I'm sorry, verses 9 through 11. These three verses. And and God is going to speak to Paul now. And he's saying something to him because I and, and again, God wasn't speaking intentionally at every one of these cities that Paul's getting rushed away from. At this moment, after he's snapping this coat, knocking the dust off, God then chooses to speak into this moment. And 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 I know if you're like me, it would be great to be able to hear an audible voice of the Lord. But man, when you're seeking Him, and and when the Lord knows you need it, it may not. It may not be loud enough for everyone else to hear, but but it's loud enough for you and me to hear in our soul. So whether this was out loud where others could hear it, or this was just the volume turned way up in Paul's soul, I I want you to listen and I want you to hear what is said here. The Lord said to Paul in a night vision, don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you, because I have many people in this city. He stayed there a year and a half, teaching the word of God among them. Now, the word of God comes to Paul, and I think in a moment where the conflict is so old, and he's so done with it, God had work, not just a few days, not just a few weeks, but he had some deep work that he wanted Paul to do here. And, and the word that Paul needed To be able to stay and do it and not probably be tempted at some of the building conflict to leave is is for the Lord to come in and say, Hey, listen, for this season, nobody is gonna force you into prison and nobody's gonna force you away. And I've got people here. Now, the fact that God had people in that city, it's not it's not that it wasn't true that He had them in the other cities. I think it's just a very real reminder that Paul needed to hear the Lord saying, hey, listen, there is a work that I have in people's lives in this particular city that I need you here for. Because it, I want to I mention four things to you that conflict does over time. And when I say conflict, um, it conflict, um, depending on what you may be going through in life or what you've been through in life, for you, if I say conflict, you may go, okay, conflict is this one thing I'm dealing with. Or it may be, a million different things that seem like they just never come to an end but conflict does four things to us number one and and i believe this is part of the reason why the lord delivered this message to him conflict tempts us to develop shallow roots paul was was investing the gospel and the gospel was redeeming people and he was going city to city to city doing this but, but when it came to just elongated discipleship, being able to really build some deep relationships, Paul, because of conflict, keeps getting bumped and bumped and bumped. Now, I believe that the Lord is sovereign over all of it. And, and so God's word is true. And, and God continued to use him. So his, his, his plan for Paul's life that he proclaimed over him was still true. It was, we were seeing it lived out. But, but Paul, to invest in people... If, if he's anything like you or anything like me, I, I believe that, that he's probably tempted at this moment to go, okay, here's what I can expect. I come in with this message. It's, it's received by some. It's not received by others. And the others get really mad. And that ends up kind of driving me out to another place. And it's just boom, boom, boom. And, 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 and deep rhythms of life don't get developed. And God said, hey, for this work, you're going to need deep rhythms. And if it, here's what I've experienced. When, when conflict comes up, if, if, if you get really hurt really hurt by someone have you ever noticed a tendency where you're, you're really apprehensive to just really open yourself up you may stay in, in in relationships for a season time but but you you don't you don't open yourself up as deep shallow roots feel a little bit more comfortable if you're hurt by somebody time after time after time after time it's 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 shorter roots into investing in that particular relationships or others like it or, or if you had bad experience at a church, bad experience at a church, bad experience at a church, and you come to church and you hear, hey, here's how to get involved, and you're like, I've heard that before. Because it's bad experience, bad experience, bad experience. You go, hey, we'll, we'll come. We like it. There's so many things that look good. We're just not, we're just not quite ready to go deeper in those relationships yet. Right? Conflict tends to want to get us to develop. We develop shallow roots. Here's another thing, um, and, and the Lord specifically speaks to this. Don't be afraid. Conflict, develops a sense of fear we, we lose our boldness because why we we don't nobody what now there are some just sick demented people that get up every morning and go I want to fight with somebody like and we like we just avoid them like we let other people have lunch with them but but most of us we don't wake up wanting conflict we we, we in fact we we feel the physical signs in us that conflict is coming or exists in our lives and and oftentimes we aren't bold in conflict. In fact, I, I would argue this. When cr- Christians are the most bold in conflict, when they are most sure in the best thing, and that's the truth of God's word. Because that's humility. Humility is, I can waver on my confidence in me, but I'm unwavering on the confidence that I have in the truth of God's word. That's great humility. So that's where we find boldness, but, but we, we, tend to, we tend to be fearful. Also, um, he, he says, keep on speaking. Conflict tends to silence communication. Conflict tends to silence communication. If you're in conflict with somebody, do you not normally talk to them much less? Unless you're just a really a mean person. You're like, I don't want to drive it down. I'm just like, yeah. But we we go, okay, you know what? Season of break. And sometimes that's spiritual. Sometimes that, you can go and, the truth of God's word, and it's biblical that you do step back from that relationship. But whether it's, like one thing that just happened, one bad conversation, one ending to a rough conversation, or or many times, it's into silence communication. God said, "Keep on speaking." Then he 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 came back again with this, and it seems almost odd. He says, "But keep on speaking and don't be silent." When you really go into the original language here and you look at when these words are used in other contexts in the New Testament, you can see the difference. The first one tends, lends itself to um, to con- continue communication, and and the the last one. The last one there really looks at um, this thing that happens inside of us, um, this quietness, this, dis- this disengagement that happens in our soul because of conflict. This um, not, just, um, not just in the people that we, we speak to that we're in conflict with, but, but really fleshing out our lives fully with others. Right? Like, we'll talk about maybe the conflict, but that's that's the majority of what we talk about. And we don't stay in all different areas of our life that we need to be growing in. So, conflict, man, it's a, it's a mess created, right? Can we agree on that? Now, um, we usually, in our minds, and especially as we pur- pursue the truth of God's word, typically, we kind of find ourselves going in a couple of different directions. Okay? The first direction that we tend, I think, to go in is this. Um, conflict, because it's Someone else's fault. Isn't that the better kind of conflict when it's not my fault? Like, that, it's somebody else. Like, that's the best kind of conflict because that means I can be right and they can be wrong. So, when, when we're kind of in our minds pursuing it as it's someone else's fault, this is one of the most popular scriptures. Um, that people go to when they're, when they're really having to deal with it. You may have heard this passage um, come under the category of church discipline before. Some people just label it church discipline. Um, but but if, if we're not careful when it comes to conflict and discipline and those things, even though the Bible's very clear that conflict exists, discipline has to happen on many levels, the gospel says that reconciliation is always the goal. But self-confession, right? Reconciliation is all, all almost. It seems like often the most difficult road, right? Because reconciliation takes some work. So this is the passage. Um, it's going to be Matthew chapter 18. Now, if you read this, um, it starts out, um, and and this is one of the two paths we take. Um, if your brother sins against you, against you. Now we're talking about saved people. I, when, when, when we approach God's Word it, 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 it kind of it, it suggests to us in many 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 ways to look at the world from the perspective of there's two groups of people that exist saved and lost. If you're a Christian, it's one of the healthiest ways I believe to look at the world because if someone's saved there's a, there, there's a, there's a set of expectations I believe you can have there because of what the Holy Spirit is working out in their life. But if they do not know Christ, it's a different set of expectations when if I, I find, I find it almost 100% effective that I will get frustrated if I put saved expectations on someone that's lost. That's just not fair. That's unreasonable as a believer. And and we will be discouraged and disappointed and frustrated and then then we'll act that way towards them when that's the person that we really should act lovingly towards because they need the gospel of Jesus. They they don't want to hear that from somebody that's mean to them. They want to hear that from somebody that's really loving to them. So this is talking about other Christians, if, you, if you're hearing this from a Christian mindset, this is talking about other Christians, okay? So it sins against you. Now, the, the heart of this is um, you, go, you go one-on-one to that person because, again, what reconciliation, what's the best way for reconciliation to happen? Not, not that everybody's business gets blasted publicly. If someone does something against me, um, if, if the thing they did is the biggest deal or the fact that I'm hurt and mad is the biggest deal, then I'll tend to just go blast it or, or spread it around. But if it's really missional, Jesus is my message, people are my mission, th- then I'm going to go deal with them directly because if we can just be reconciled between us, that kept it as small of a circle as it could possibly be kept in. Okay? Now, the, the passage leaves the door open to if that person isn't receptive because God is so good about um, wanting to capture our hearts but also knowing our hearts at the same time. Okay? So, so the Bible says okay, if they're not receptive, then smaller group of trusted people, because reconciliation is, is still in a smaller, relatively smaller circle, but, but it's established, it's there, it's accountability, because this is about relationships. And then finally it says, hey, listen, if they're, if they're just really bent on, really bent on seeking a path away from the Lord, then, then it may need to get elevated. But, but this is what I find so intriguing. Look at the last part. That's screen in a screen. That's, that's picture in a picture right there. Um, look at this last line. If he doesn't pay attention even to the church... Let him be like a Gentile and a tax collector to you. Now, um, tax collectors were the worst of the worst. Gentiles were the people that, that Jews did not look at as this is who we just, we just want to go. these These people aren't like us. Okay? So through one set of ears, if we're not careful, I think we could, we could assume, okay, well, hey, that means we can just, we can hate them. The Bible is clear in Matthew. We're going to look at it in a second, chapter 5. God does not give us the freedom to hate anyone. But he does tell us how to, how to treat them. See, Jesus, remember, remember he was accused of it, right? That, man, this guy, how, how wrong is this teacher, this rabbi? He goes and eats with sinners, he eats with tax collectors. So somebody can be unwilling to admit their sin. They cannot want to change. So, how do we treat them if it goes that far, if conflict really goes that far? Jesus is our message, people are our mission. We, we, we can't ever say that we will never again even associate with that person, even have a conversation with them, have lunch with them, because what if they have a real need that they need someone for and, and, and they start to begin to be desperate and they need that first conversation for God to continue to open their minds to, to their greater sin? It, it's, it's that they're, they're, not, they're not isolated from every Christian forever. However, there is a difference there is an acknowledgment that this person is choosing to live separate from the Lord. And, and Jesus would go and he would eat with them. But until that person's heart was committed to Christ, tax collectors didn't come in in close relationship with Jesus and really follow him. Reconciliation reconciliation needs to happen, and, and I believe this highlights it. Reconciliation needs to happen spiritually as much as it needs to happen, more so than what it needs to happen between two people. The way I treat somebody who just doesn't want to change, I, I start treating them like somebody that has a sin or, or a separation in their life that, that, that gospel love can reach, and that's where I've got to put my time and energy into them. I, I can't, I can't, they're not gonna be able to come in to, to the close gathering of people perhaps because of that sin. But but the gospel message can still be aimed at them to reach them. There's other passages. This isn't going to be up on the screen, but one of the ones when we have conflict, we see something in someone, we've got to take it to them. You've probably heard it. It talks about um, when someone has um, a speck of something in their eye, and it talks about how we need to really be self-aware of our lives to to, to spiritually critique, let the Lord speak to us about what's going on in our life before we go to someone else. Um, it, it's just, I'm not putting it on the screen. I just bring it up for this. Um, if we're going to talk about conflict, um, God is going to Talk easily as much or if not more about the people in conflict as compared to the issue that the conflict is over. examine yourself, love someone else it's the it's the rhythm that God sets up here but this is the one I really want to talk to you about and this is going to bring up a word in a second called enemy okay enemy you know what an enemy is I, I, I you know what an enemy is but I, but I think this verse is getting ready to confuse us and it's going to, it's going to help us understand it better because I don't, like I thought I knew what enemy is. But, but this really changes my perspective on enemies, okay? Um, who is Superman's enemy? Lex Luthor. Who is the enemy of Wile E. Coyote? The Roadrunner. Who's the enemy of the Duke Blue Devils? Yes, all, all, all people that are righteous. Yes, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we, we, we have in our minds, we have in our minds... Like, what what an enemy is. But if if we're not biblically biblically accurate in in our understanding of enemy, then conflict will want to convince us, and Satan will want to convince us through conflict that we can truly harbor hard, sinful feelings against someone and still be okay. Alright? So in... Chapter 5, this is part of Sermon on the Mount. Now, I'm not going to walk all the way through Sermon on the Mount, but it is one of the greatest things you can ever study um, out of the New Testament. I mean, because you, you could re- and, and I will say this don't novice study the, the Sermon on the Mount, because when you just read the word as it's translated into English, there's a lot of deeper understanding than just that, the way it reads, sentence on that paper. Um, Ladies, I know there's going to be one offered for you at some time in the fall this year for Sermon on the Mount. Um, And and if you want to do it, just curiosity, then then connect with some people here and and really dive into this because it's amazing. Um, But the Sermon on the Mount is preached towards people in the kingdom. Okay, So it's not preached towards lost people to be saved. It's preached towards people that are part of the kingdom of God. And, 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 and to just keep that in our minds is super, super helpful, okay? So, it says this in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, all right? So, in other words, that's a cultural statement. And it, it would be like saying this. You've probably grown up in a culture where, in general, it's okay to hate people that are your enemy. Like, it's okay to harbor really hard feelings up towards them because that's who they are, okay? But Jesus corrects it. He says, But I tell you to love your enemies. Now, and he, he's getting ready to show us three images of an enemy. And, and for me, um, probably about, um, I don't know, it's probably about eight or nine years ago, this, this passage really changed my perspective and it's been a passage i've had to go back to many times to reground myself in it as, as i'm as i'm struggling with the thoughts and the, and the patterns of my mind okay so it says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that that's the first kind of enemy that's that's the obvious one the person that seems like they're just against you right wiley e. coyote roadrunner it just it's like everything about that person Everything about that person just seems like they are absolutely against you. But, you know, here's, the, here's one of the, and there's so many dangers of conflict. You know, you know what always um, amazed me when, when I watched Wally Coyote and Roadrunner as I was a parent instead of as a child? The Roadrunner doesn't even care. Like, you get that, right? Like, he's oblivious. He's just doing his thing. That's how conflict affects our soul. What seems like is so big to us may not even be on the radar for someone else. Really may not. And again, what level of expectations do I want to hold that people? You, I expect you to know the inner thoughts of my mind. Good luck with that. Trust me, you don't you don't want to go there with me. Okay. That's the first category. This here's here's as it continues so that you may be children of the Father in heaven. Now, uh, I do want to clarify this, because if you study this phrase out, this verse is not a, um, this, is, this verse is not a, therefore is like, this is not being, this is not a, this must come first, so that this comes second. This verse is not communicating that we are only children of God if we love people like that. This, this verse, in, in longer, more words, could be translated out more effectively this way so that you will be seen and known to have the full encompassing nature of your Father in heaven. You see the difference? So, so, so the, the, the understanding here is, is that, that this kind of love reflected in Jesus. I mean, th- the people that persecuted Jesus, simple statement that just really kicks these doors wide open. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they were, they were literally persecuting him, and he did that. Those people evidently were a little bit roadrunner. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. The the evil there. Those are people who are um, just those are the people that are just willfully going in a different direction from you in life. Those are people that just they don't see it the same way you do. This, this could be um, really interpreted as a lost person, a person that has totally different ideals than what you have. And, and, and out of the difference in ideals, that's where the conflict was birthed. Um, this could also be as simple as, well, you raise your, your kids this way, I raise my kids this way, so that's why we argued over the thing that happened when my kid was at your kid's house. Right? Different ideals. Says that he, his son rises on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, from the standpoint of, of, of looking at this through Jesus' eyes, the unrighteous were the people that that, that resisted him. Because in, in the audience and, and all around and, and through all his messages, there are these religious people who had to understand that they were not righteous because of what they did, but they were unrighteousness, they were unrighteous because of what their heart is. I mean, if you look in this passage, I mean, it talks about before this, it says that, that, yes, you know it's wrong to commit murder, but if you're so angry in your heart that you hate that person and you've kind of condemned them in your soul, that you're guilty of that murder. That, that's, that's what it tells us. And, and, and so there's this category of those that would just resist us, those that would just resist the, the, the good that we're trying to put in their life, conflict that comes up because they just they, they just kind of want to push back on us. I mean, that's, that seems like a really simple thing. You, you wanted to help, and, and you really thought you were doing good, and man, just everything about them just seemed to push back on you and, and, and want to not appreciate what you wanted to do for them and, and how you wanted to help. And, and they just took actions, and they said words that were just hurtful, and conflict came up because why? They just they acted and they thought unrighteously against what God would think. And, and this is where we see three categories coming up here of of enemy and 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 it also opens up why we have so many frustrations I mean you think about this someone that's just really res- and, and you start and you're just kind of low-key frustrated with them you just kind of mildly like and then it just grows people that you're having kind of conflict with you ever find yourselves irritated when just even normal things go well for them when, when, when things happen in their life or you see them kind of prosper or they, you know, they, like, they, they bought something and you're like, Ugh, like, you're probably enjoying that right now. And, and, and the very thing, the, the matching thing that I, like you're, you're comfortable in that new vehicle you've got and, and I'm taking mine in the shop every other week and, and I already kind of have some conflict. with, And it just almost, it just frustrates me that you're riding around in comfort right now. Like we sense that stuff because but, but, but why? It's, it's unavoidable um, for, for those kind of things to come up. We have to have our souls right. Why? Because it says that the sun is going to go up and down and rain is going to fall on, on those that are enemy and also those that are friend. So when you take conflict and then you just take circumstances of life, it just continues to magnify in our soul what may not be right. Now, it says at the beginning of this, love your neighbor. I mean, love your enemy. Okay, so I I, I want to clarify something. Um, love is, and we try to teach this and preach this and kind of hold to this regularly. Love is is most unhealthy when it's tied to a feeling, and, and we we assume that that's what it is. You've probably heard it. First Corinthians thirteen. There's going to be a slide on the screen right now. And just as a suggestion, we say, man, how do I even be, how could I even begin to try? To love someone that that resists me? How could I try to love someone who who we have conflict because we have different um, perspectives on life? How do I love someone who actually seeks to, seems to like want to persecute me, wants to do wrong to me? How can I love them? 1 Corinthians 13 um, talks about some things we could either try to set aside or things that we could actually pursue. So, how to love, um, it could be acts of patience, kindness. We could rejoice in God's word as it applies to their life. We could, we could find rejoicing when, when we see a connection about God's word, about their life. Not that he's going to let the unjust be unjust still, but, but, but actual like positive truth. Um, acts of endurance, acts of hope. Um, how, how, do we, how do we, when we're not ready to act towards them, how do we work on something that is love? Try to Try to work spiritually on our jealousy. Watch our tone for our rudeness check ourselves on how we can get arrogant, we can think of ourselves better than them, and, and work on setting aside in some way holding grudges. What does it mean to set aside a hold a grudge? Um, well, the Bible gives us an example when it says that um, God, God um, forgives us our sins um, and removes it as far as the east is from the west. He, he doesn't forget it. Um, God can't forget it because we remember it. We can't know something God doesn't know and him still be God. Um, but, but he doesn't factor it in in a negative way Towards how he acts towards us. So if if somebody is in that enemy category spiritually, to say, okay, if I'm going to do something towards them or for them or speak to them, um, how can I how can I not think about these these things that that frustrate me as I speak to them? Can I can I clear my mind and pray before I go in and talk to them and just have even a short conversation and then go? That that was love. That was love. Sometimes I think we convince ourselves, all right, Lord, I have to be totally like I gotta I gotta just gotta like. Just you know, like gaga goo goo all over them to be able to be like this Christian that loves them. No, you can just we can simply say, all right, Lord, let this short conversation just go well and me not me not have these things come to mind while I'm talking to them. That's that's love. Now, as as a as a conclusion, um, I want to make a couple of applications out of this, um, and and one of these is still in verse. Um, I'm sorry, ver Not verse. Um, one of these is still in chapter five. We we have a we have an offering coming up. Um, three offerings before, between now and the end of the year. And we've got some goals about financial freedom for our church. And if you've ever been to a church and um, you've you've not liked how money was handled, or you don't like, you thought, okay, I just I'm I'm a guest here this Sunday, man. The first Sunday they're talking about some special offering. That's what churches do. They take up money. Um, just get some coffee while you're here. Okay, just let's, let's just settle down for a second. Um, because, because this is really what I want you to hear um, as it pertains to an offering, okay? In chapter 5, earlier in chapter 5, Jesus is, um, he talks about the other, the other avenue. Not just when someone does something to me, but when, when I've actually done something to them. When I, know, when I know that I've done something towards that person that's, that's sinful or it's unkind says this in verse 21, you have, um, you have heard that it is said to our ancestors, do not murder whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother um, or sister will be subject to judgment. This is this, this clarification that, that what's in our heart matters. I'll we'll skip down to verse 23. It says, so if, if you are offering your gift on the altar and, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. In other words, they have justification to be angry towards you, a fellow believer, about something that you've done. It says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gifts. Um, it, it even, it, as you continue reading, it even talks about reaching a settlement. If this is like a court case, if there's really a major issue and, and, and others are being brought into it it, it, it still talks about how do you continue to, to work towards reconciliation with them because this line at the end of this passage it says, truly I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. In other words, um, when we leave, when, when conflict grows in our soul and, and we've done something and we know we've done something, um, it, there is a um, man there is a spiritual consequence to that and, and and as long as bitterness lives inside of us as children of God as it talks about here it talks about these spiritual effects of all this in this chapter it, I th- this, this statement really is true not just monetarily but, but spiritually it will cost us a lot and until we pay the last penalty the last penny and the last penny it could take forever to pay if I just keep bitterness in my soul. Or the last penny could be, Lord, I, I'm going to give you this. Lord, redeem my soul from bitterness. Let, let me lay that down as a sacrifice. Let me pay that price for, for, for this bitterness to die so, that, so the debt can be over, so I can, I, can, I can move on in relationship with this person and with the kingdom. But when it says here, um, lay down your offering, and, and, and there is this thing, and next week we're taking up an offering. So this is a $5 bill. I actually borrowed this from one of our elders at the first of the service. I realized I left my cash at home this morning, and I was going to use um, a bill. And um, this, is, this is the smallest thing he says he ever carries. Um, so that's good because it's already a five. Um, I carry pennies. Um, but uh, he, he just told me, he said, yes, you can borrow this, but you need to bless it, multiply it, and give it back in the name of Jesus. All right, so, so we, we take up offerings. So, so spiritually, what is, the, what is the big thing? Um, is, is financial freedom is a goal great? Yes but as the kingdom of God, as a group of people that need to do life together and be the church together, um, I think we need to own up to this. It, we realize it's, it's easier for me to give this this week, this upcoming week, than, than to use this, potentially. Like, it, it would be easier in some ways for me to give cash or write a check or give online towards, towards a goal and feel good about that in some way than to, than to do the real good of, of, of maybe making a phone call that will be really hard to make. Or having a lunch that will be really hard to go to. I mean, because that, that's, that's the business. That's the transactions of our soul. But, but the spiritual cost that we're paying is real. And it has amazing, difficult, hard effects. And, and we'll still experience the goodness of God even when we're paying that price. We we could be indebted, and we could be we could be spending that payment over and over and over again. And in many ways, we'll still experience some good things in our life. And we'll we'll want to convince ourselves that that the things that we're seeing is God's affirmation, His confirmation that that I'm really okay when I'm really really not. When I'm really not. If you're not sure, if you if you hear the truth of this this week, and you go you know. Yes, that makes sense. I acknowledge that. I believe that is God's word. You say, I, I just, I just really don't know where to start. Um, there's a passage in Matthew where Jesus talks about um, good fruit coming from a good tree, um, and that from a bad tree is where we get bad fruit. And and, and in the Bible, there's um, there's a couple of examples where somebody refers to and basically says, okay, you know, you're not gonna have a fig grow on an apple tree. You're gonna have an apple. You're gonna have an apple not grow on a fig tree. Does that make sense? And, and many times we, we are, we are, um, we, we deal with the fruit of our lives. We see the evidence of something that happened or was said or something we felt, and we say, I don't like it, I want to change it. And don't, we don't really often go deep enough to change what our real relationship with the Lord is, what our core beliefs are, so that we become who the Lord calls us to be, so that actually the fruit just takes care of itself and and so i, I want to encourage you to do something um, if you, if you could look the the conflict in my life it's, it's been don't don't start rehashing every bad conversation don't even don't even jump to what you assume you need to say to that person if you, if you just really genuinely go you know i just I, I feel a sense of frustration maybe not even really wanting to still go talk to that person begin with the health of the tree Spend some time with the Lord this week. Not even just going to Him straightway about, hey, Lord, am I right or am I wrong about this? Like, just just affirm me in my rightness or or just tell me if I'm wrong and then I'll start to deal with that. Just just go to Him and spend time with Him and His love and His grace and work on just the health of your soul where you just adore Jesus where, where, where when you hear the kind of worship music that you heard this morning, you, you don't have a million other things going on. You can just open your heart freely just to say, like, just praise Him. Like, just that kind of fellowship begins to be there. And and, and He will show you, he, he, He's always faithfully shown me in the most loving way that allows me to know it and humbly accept it, but in boldness step into it and own it and move, and move forward in it, the areas that I sin and the areas that I'm wrong. And he'll faithfully do that to you as well. Paul, um, and Paul was worn out. He was worn out, and I don't know how to put into words this morning, because it may be I don't know if it's 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 our whole church family. Or if it's just maybe like one family or one, co- I don't, it might just be you. And if it's just you, it, it just if you feel like it's just you this morning, just let it be you for a second, okay? I just, like, in, in my soul this week, it's just, there's just been a heaviness towards, you, you may just be worn out. And, and, and you may have, you may have developed short roots in your relationships and with people. And 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 you and you've grown silent over the depth of, of of who you are and who God wants to work with you in, and 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 you've grown silent over that, and, and the conversations are just are just noise in life. The the boldness is gone, the fear is real. Like the, the, there's, m- my heart has been heavy just because I, I I sense that maybe for one of us or maybe for several of us, conflict, and, and maybe it's just we haven't grown in this as, as individuals, and and we've just absorbed a lot in life. But, but we're paying, if you're paying a price, let the last penny happen soon. Don't keep paying it and paying it and paying it. Because bitterness will keep funding it. And it's a hard funding. Lay your treasure up in heaven. Where moth or rust don't corrupt, and let that be the account that you're drawing off of for what God can do. Um, in verse, this, this is going to be the last thing I want to put on the screen. It says that um, in Matthew five eleven and twelve, it says, um, "You are blessed." When they insult you and you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because, what's the reason why you can be glad and rejoice when enemies exist in your life? Because your reward is too great in heaven. And you know what I think for many of us, you know where we get? Man, we get so frustrated and hurt. We get so frustrated and hurt. I know our praise team, go, you guys go ahead and come up if you would. Um, we get so frustrated and hurt because I think we see somebody and we experience something. And it, and it goes, you ruined my life. Like, you ruined what was going on. Like, and and, and here's, the, here's the spiritual failure. When, when I think that my existence right now is the greatest thing that I have, when someone walks in with their attitude or their mood or, or their hurtful thing, like when they even just walk into my life on a Tuesday with that, then, then I get angry. And, and I'm just like, you, you ruined it. I, I could be happy right now. I could be serving right now. I could be doing this. And, and it's like you ruined what was going on. But but if the greatest thing in my mind, in my heart, in my soul is my relationship with Jesus and eternity with Him and His grace as I walk with Him now, when that is the greatest thing, nobody can ruin that. And if I can keep my mind even just one more step deep into that, focused on that, then the people that I need to love, that I don't want to love and are hard to love and I could rather... You know, Kick them instead of lo- like hug them like like all those people I can deal with because it's not even just the thing they did, it's 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 the person because Jesus is our message, people are our mission, and and I I can I can actually grow in this, I can grow in this as as that is my joy. And and I will tell you honestly, if if just this season in life, if um if if one relationship on earth, if your family structure, um if 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 like the the this week, if, if just normal life, if that's the greatest joy for us, if that's really what it's about, man, this is going to be a rough ride. It's going to be a real rough ride. But if we can elevate our sight, if we can elevate our sight to the Lord on a consistent daily basis, we're going to see great change. We're going to see great change. Would you, would you just bow your heads for a minute, whether you close your eyes or you don't, if you'll just kind of concentrate on just maybe what the Lord has already spoke to you about this morning, and just and and just be able to kind of begin now, even as this 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 day and this week is still ahead, just to begin now to meditate on the truth of God's word. If you walked in this morning and you said, "Hey, look, I, this I have no conflict. I, I got none in my life." All right, we got a sign-up list for you in the back. We're going to give you some conflict. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but but if you just you know, hey, I, I just like that's not me right now. Then take the truth of God's word for what could possibly come. This week or next week or next month or even next year. Love someone that you know is going through difficult seasons. Man, if you don't know Jesus, I talked about two categories of people. Don't leave here this morning in the category where there's a different set of expectations on you. Leave in the category of the redeemed, of the reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. By putting your faith and trust in Him and receiving salvation in the name of Jesus. If that's you please come forward during this song or or connect with us after this service because we want to explain out of god's word how you know you can be saved but man if you're weary if bitterness has continued to fund the account that you paid and paid and paid and paid off of please don't hear man you're just a wrong person this morning you've thought wrong just just hear that there is a relationship and a walk with jesus that, that lifts us higher it doesn't make everything magically okay but it gives us a mission to be able to deal with and work through anything in life, even the people, that we would find our biggest challenges with. Because this is the joy. Of, it, Jesus said, he set aside everything for the joy set before him. Conflict isn't ne- is never meant to rob us of our joy. Jesus is there to give us joy regardless of what conflict may bring. If you want to have conversations and prayer about anything going on in life, we want to do that with you, please. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Jesus, help us to live like you and less like ourselves. Open our hearts. Make us willing to pray together to you. Help us to just open our lives to you, God. Whatever it is you're saying to us right now, just simply respond. Not believe the lies of of Satan, but trust the truth of Jesus and who he calls us. Lord, that we are a child of the King. We are a child of you, God. And as our Father, we have the greatest love and resource, Jesus in us and with us, that helps us in every season of life. Thank you for your word and root it deep in our soul this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand, please?